0: Hello and welcome to the Smart Witch Podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. And I know it's been a really long time since you've heard from me and that's honestly just because I have been so joyfully busy with birth chart interpretations and readings. Um, Honestly, October is hands down my busiest time of year in that regard. So that's where I've been channeling most, if not all of my creative mental energy is really into that service. Um. So I'm not really sure what the next couple months are going to look like for this podcast because I honestly think that I'm going to continue to be busy through the holidays. Um, so let's just kind of see what happens and I'm going to come on and try to do as many episodes as I can, but at this point I'm feeling like Whereas, you know, during full-on lockdown, I feel like I was releasing one to two episodes a week. I feel like for the rest of Shadow Season, um, it will probably be more of like a bi-weekly podcast, maybe even like once or twice a month. Um, I guess that would be bi-weekly if it's twice a month, but... Um, yeah, so I'm not sure what that will look like. So just bear with me. And I also want to say that if you're not yet subscribed to my weekly newsletter, I send it out every single Tuesday morning. And even though I've been slacking a little bit on the podcast, I'm still writing that every single week. So if you enjoy the, the content of this podcast and you miss me and you want to hear more from me, the newsletter is a really fun, free way to remain in contact once a week. That's not going anywhere. I'm going to continue to keep that up as I always do, no matter how busy I get with other services. So I will post the link in the description of this episode to subscribe to that. Um, As I said, I send it out every Tuesday, usually in the morning, sometimes a little bit later in the day. And it basically goes through the astrology of the week. I pull a card every week and give like a mini reading for the collective. I publish my gratitude list for the week. I publish a fun, like random crystal tip of the week. And then I also make any other like product announcements there. Um, I talk about other things sometimes that are just going on in my life that I think would be helpful for you to, to hear me muse on. So the newsletter is a really, really effective way to stay in touch. So please do find me there if you are missing this podcast and you would like to hear more from me. But all of that aside, I would like to get into today's episode, which is going to be about the Empress. And I'm inspired because I just pulled the Empress card for the collective reading for this week, which at the time of my recording is the week of November 3rd. Um, So that is our card for the week um, for at least my newsletter community. Because that's kind of the intention that I set, that the card I pull will resonate with and really help the, the folks that are subscribed to my newsletter specifically and also those who will read the newsletter um, through friends and family and, and whatever. So um, I've been thinking a lot about the Empress today, and I think that this is also really fitting because we just had our full moon in Taurus on Halloween, actually. So um, again, at the time of recording, that was just a couple of days ago. I do want to say, by the way, Happy New Year to my fellow witches out there. And both witches and non-witches, I hope that you had a fantastic Halloween, whatever you decided to do and however you decided to celebrate. I honestly feel like the energy of Halloween Day this year was extremely bizarre, and I think that's pretty obviously because the full moon was conjunct Uranus, so there was just really strong like um, Uranian vibes, which really basically just obliterates stagnancy in our lives. It's always like a plot enhancer, so it was definitely an intense full moon. I had a pretty intense emotional release, uh, but I hope that even if you did as well, you still enjoyed yourself and had some fun and um, had a very special and magical day, but I digress. So I have been thinking about the Empress anyway, just because we had our Taurus full moon, which is really Taurus is the sign that the Empress card rules. It takes the energy of Venus, which is the ruler of Taurus to the realm of the physical body and Honestly, we're in Scorpio season two, which is not necessarily a zodiac sign that I would directly correlate to the Empress. But of course, with Scorpio, we are thinking about sexuality and sensuality and very yin energy. And also we are entering just the yin half of the year, right? We're now well out of creation season and we're entering shadow season and the darker half of the year. And we just had daylight savings time too here in the US. So it's only going to feel more introspective, more yin as we progress and not to mention with COVID-19 and just all the, you know, 2020 catastrophes that we've had um, globally, I also just want to say that really we could do a whole episode on the Empress card in the time of COVID because that is truly its own conversation. Just the idea of pleasure and sensuality during a pandemic or really any other really stressful um, traumatic time for all of us as a collective. So really this is a fantastic time to talk about the Empress. So the Empress for me is a really special card because I, I, I am I was going to say I identify as, but I am a uh, completely recovered codependent. And what's interesting is that a lot of people don't know what the word codependent means. They don't know the correct definition of that word. I think when a lot of people hear the word codependent, they picture maybe a couple, like a romantic couple, or even friends or siblings or family that is like kind of weirdly close to the extent that maybe they limit each other, they don't really talk to other people, they're clingy. Um, And that's not actually what the word codependent means as a psychiatrist or a psychologist might use it. So the true meaning of the word codependent is actually quite different. A codependent is someone who overfunctions and they're often in their life too. So they're often very successful people, businessmen and women, um, entrepreneurs, people who are very successful in life and very independent, but they also over function in their relationships. They tend to people please, they tend to over accommodate, and they often shelf their own needs and desires and just sort of set them aside. And they tend to slip into like a, a martyr kind of role in their relationships, which of course breeds resentment, which then just ultimately breeds um, toxicity, unfortunately, in the relationship. And basically, obviously, like we could talk about codependency again as its own episode, but what codependency really comes down to, and by the way, I believe, and I could be wrong, I, I can't say this for sure, but I think that codependency is pretty collectively the number one like relational crisis that we experience. So if that sounds like you, if you feel like you do tend to pick quote unquote projects, if you tend to date down to distract yourself from essentially being your best self and evolving, if you avoid partners that are actually on your level that will will challenge you and you know encourage you to be um, the the better version of yourself that you you know that you can be, then these are signs that you are are possibly you know have codependent tendencies, and that's very common so I do want to just put that out there. But really what this comes down to, in my opinion and experience, is really a strong discomfort with receiving. And that's what the Empress is all about, and that's what the Empress can help us with. The Empress is the card. Basically, we can think of the Empress as the Divine Feminine. She is Venus in a different costume, basically. Um, She is just that totally unapologetic, like, mushy, yin, feminine essence. She is totally unapologetic in her ability to receive in every capacity. She receives sexually, she receives emotionally, she is joyful, she is creative, she is confident, and she has a quiet kind of confidence where she knows that if she just simply nurtures the conditions for the things that she desires to flourish in her life, they will undoubtedly arrive. So the Empress really is a model for everybody, regardless of physical or identified gender, because even though she's very feminine in essence, obviously the tarot doesn't really deal with gender polarity at all. We all have a yin and a yang side, and you can be female-bodied, female-identified, and have a really strong yang presence, and that might be kind of the the um, side of yourself that you're more comfortable accessing even. So it has nothing to do with gender. Um, We can all truly benefit from actively incorporating Empress energy into our life. And I actually have a tattoo of the Venus glyph on my forearm. It's just very small and very simplistic. But the reason that I have that tattoo is really in honor of the Empress and kind of as a reminder to myself to prioritize pleasure and sensuality in my life, which is essentially a revolutionary act in a fast paced, forward focused, productivity obsessed culture like the one that we live in. And, you know, that has its place, absolutely. It's important to be organized, it's important to be efficient, um, it's important to often be logical and rational and emotionally detached. But what the Empress teaches us is that. You know, we really can choose pleasure in virtually any moment and we can drop into our bodies and live from that place and have just a much kind of juicier existence, which is, I think, really powerful and, as I said, kind of rebellious in a world where we are not really told or taught that our pleasure is a priority. We're kind of taught that we're lucky to experience a quarter ounce of pleasure in an otherwise stressful day. And we often do kind of wake up in the morning and just think about the things that we have to get done. You know, we answer phone calls, we run errands, we check items off of our to-do list. And I honestly think Although, to be fair, this is my experience, so it's the only experience that I know firsthand. But I really do think there's an epidemic of women in particular, both you know female bodied and female identified, feeling uncomfortable with really embracing their inner empress because women are just so we, we overfunction, we really do. We are kind of socialized to believe that we are the caretakers of our family, of our community of our partner, of our friend group, in many cases of our career and our, you know, work community. And that's not to say that we aren't very powerful babes that can wear many hats because obviously we are. But at the same time, we have to prioritize our own feeling good. And what's funny about the Empress is that not funny but interesting is that like most cards of the tarot although i think that the Empress is unique in this way, she really does have so many different faces and so many different ways that she can arise in our lives and she really just looks and feels different to everybody. So like for some people embodying the Empress might just be drinking a little more water, eating a little bit healthier, exercising, sleeping in a little bit later. And just in very little kind of everyday ways, being a little bit more body conscious and being a little bit more aware of our physical bodily needs and things that would feel really good to us in this moment. So just kind of dropping into your body, asking yourself what would feel good rather than asking yourself what would need to get done. This is beautiful Empress embodiment. But we can also embody the Empress in the form of receiving not only from ourselves, but from other people, which in my opinion is... Kind of level two. Although everyone's different, some people actually receive more effectively from others than they do from themselves. Um, personally, I think that I receive really well from myself. I think I take really good care of myself. I'm a cancer moon, so I feel like nurturing and mothering myself is just something that I'm really good at. I feel like I'm really in touch with my needs at any given time, and I'm really quick to to give that to myself and to make sure that I'm cared for. But I feel like where I personally get tripped up, especially as a recovered codependent, is receiving from other people. And this is something that you know, I say recovered because I've gotten really good at it. And I do think that I've made huge uh, progress in this regard. But being a codependent is kind of like being addicted to any other dynamic or cycle or thing, in the sense that it's not just over, there's always temptation to kind of revert back to those old patterns and cycles. And you know, to self sabotage in the midst of pleasure, or to just not advocate for your own pleasure in a relationship dynamic. And so those are temptations that I am constantly fighting that any recovered codependent is still fighting as well but for the most part I do think I've gotten really good at it but the story that I always like to tell when I'm teaching about the Empress card of how bad I used to be and it was very subconscious honestly like the discomfort that I had at one point with receiving gracefully and joyfully is truly just cringeworthy looking back and it it really makes me sad Um, but there was one particular partner that I dated a year ago And this was a romance that was really satisfying. We had a really fun, short relationship. And one thing that I really liked about this man is that he was just so like unapologetically and shamelessly all about me. Um, He was always all about the compliments, always all about the flattery. And honestly, it didn't feel gross. It felt genuine, like he had a way of talking to me, like he genuinely was just awed by my beauty and by my, um, you know, magnetism. And, you know, that's obviously really appealing to hear, from a lover, but it was a dynamic that I wasn't familiar with. I had a father growing up who was extremely withholding. He was very moody, um, very you know hard to read, and certainly never one to offer words of praise or validation. and And if he did, it was only after I kind of performed in some significant way, like I got a good grade or I worked really hard. It was almost like I had to put in active effort in some way in order to feel his approval. So I was never really told by any sort of a male um, caretaker figure growing up that I was beautiful, that I was incredible, that I you know, was amazing just for existing. It was always a very performance-driven type of affection that I received from my father growing up. And so this was a really new dynamic for me. I feel like I had always attracted partners um, in my you know, young adult dating life that also followed suit and didn't really give me this validation that I got from my father, or if they did, similarly, it was very performance based, or it was just very like hot and cold. Like sometimes they would, and then sometimes they would withhold. And again, that's consistent with the pattern of my father and the type of affection that um, I experienced from him in the household. And so what's interesting about this is that when I experienced a man who was very, um, just complimentary and flattering and adoring really is the word. I was so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable. And I remember a particular time that like, he was telling me we were having dinner, we were on a fancy date and he was telling me how beautiful I was. And I literally said, I mean, I was giggling. It wasn't like I said it in a mean way, but I literally said like, stop. Oh my God. And I said stop because I literally couldn't, I was rejecting it. I could not receive those words. I could not accept it. I could not accept the compliment. And um, psychotherapist Terry Cole, who I'm a really big fan of, I reference her frequently on the podcast, often says that to reject a compliment that we receive from somebody is similar to taking a gift that someone gives us and literally like smashing it. And I don't think necessarily that that's true in the sense that that's an equal act of cruelty to them, but it is not only an act of self-loathing, you know, self-loathing, but it's, it is, essentially an act of disrespect to the other person as well. Because when they are trying to connect with you, when they're trying to offer you something, whether it be a compliment or a gift or, you know, generosity or a helping hand, whatever it is, you know, we offer of ourselves to people in so many different ways. And when that offer is rejected, it's very hurtful. And we might not think of it that way that when we, you know, reject someone saying we're beautiful, we're insulting them, and maybe they don't consciously realize that they've been insulted, but it does do damage to the relationship. And another example, you know, someone will tell me I look pretty. And I will literally say, Oh, thanks. You know, what's the makeup or, you know, Oh, I've just threw this on. Like I'll, my temptation and my instinct is to literally either divert the attention and, and say, Oh, it's not me. It's this outfit or, Oh, I just got this new bronzer or to literally, you know, argue with them and say, Oh, this old thing, like, you know, I'm just wearing leggings. I just threw my hair up, you know, to make it sound like I don't agree with them or like they're wrong. And again, this is just kind of an everyday conversation that you might even recognize and that you might feel... Um, you've had before in some sort of way. Maybe your context was very different. Maybe it was about money or maybe it was about, you know, being offered help in some significant way. There's so many different ways that we are offered things and offered pleasure and, you know, connection that we can either accept or not. And really the Empress is our teacher for helping us to receive, not only to receive, but to receive joyfully and gracefully without feeling any need to sabotage the situation, without feeling afraid. And that's another point that I like to make with the Empress. And this is why she is so not one size fits all because the Empress is, you know, not something that everyone can handle in the same capacity. Because if you have severe trauma, if you have PTSD, then truly pleasure is scary, right? When we feel too much joy, we start to plan for chaos. We start to um, future trip and it can literally almost feel like a signal, joy, that we're not safe in that moment. And so even if you don't, by the way, have severe trauma, like I, I don't, and even I sometimes feel joy or pleasure, and it feels unsafe to me, and I feel like I drop into anxiety. So um, we really can't, as much as this all sounds like, well, duh, of course receiving a compliment is a good thing, and that's not that hard. But when you really start to think about, your daily connections and the way that you approach your relationships, not just in dialogue, but also energetically. And also another example too is, is physical intimacy. And I don't necessarily feel that this is an area where I struggle as much. I think, uh, receiving sexually and intimately comes a little bit more naturally to me, but a lot of women are faking orgasms are not enjoying sex. They're not connected to their bodies. They don't see it as an act of their own pleasure. They see it as a favor that they do for their, their partner or something like that. And I don't think that's the majority, but it is a lot of people. And as I said, I think particularly the female experience, although again, to be fair, that is my experience. So I can't really comment on the male you know perspective of the Empress, but I know that women, a lot of women do struggle to receive sexually because there's just a discomfort. And I think that is uniquely a female experience because that is social conditioning. Women are shamed if we embrace our sexual desires, if we talk about what we want in bed, if we claim our bodies as tools for our own sexual satisfaction and pleasure. As well as that of our partner. So these are really interesting things to think about. All the different ways that the Empress can show up for us and the fact that we really do need to honor where we are in order to work with her and to cultivate a relationship with her that is, you know, not super threatening. Because You know, I would say that it's normal to just not be comfortable when you're evolving in any capacity. So when you're learning to accept compliments, for example, which is what I was doing when I was dating that man that was extremely adoring of me and I I wasn't used to that kind of relationship, I was not comfortable, but I also was, it wasn't so awful that it was just like triggering, right? Like we know when something is just like too much. But we do need to find a way to work with the Empress that we're not necessarily comfortable because we're learning. So that's going to be an uncomfortable process, but where it's doable, it's not unpleasant because obviously by nature, we want our, our time with the Empress to be pleasurable. That's the point. So we don't want to step out of pleasure, but it's okay if, if we're experiencing pleasure, but we're also not totally comfortable there. That's very healthy. And that's kind of where we want to be in our work with the Empress. So that's kind of where I want to leave you, and I really want to invite you to think about your own personal capacity for pleasure, and particularly right now, because as I said, that's a whole conversation, a whole podcast episode in and of itself, talking about the empress in the time of global crisis. Because, you know, on a massive scale, when so many people are suffering, we can feel really guilty about feeling good and about prioritizing pleasure and even thinking about our own pleasure can literally feel like a selfish act, but it's not. And not only is it not selfish, but it is crucial because we cannot, it's like that old saying, you know, I hate to use a cliche, but, um, we really cannot pour from an empty cup and we really do need to make sure that we are tending to ourselves first And again, you know, other people, by the way, are just mirrors of us, right? So even if like me, you feel like you do receive really well from yourself, like you eat when you're hungry, you sleep when you're tired, you drink water when you're thirsty, you don't overextend yourself, you say no, when you mean no, you set solid boundaries, even if you are really kind of a a badass at self care, but you struggle in your relationships to receive, then that's still essentially just not receiving from yourself because You know, when we are allowing ourselves to receive, then that's going to translate organically and easefully into our relationships with others. It is an act of self-loathing and self-sabotage when we reject the love and the attention and the nurturance or the time that others are, are offering us. So I really want you to think about that. Right now, how you can relate, you know, to what extent and what capacity you can relate to the Empress and try to work her into your everyday life, how you can improve your capacity to receive and expand that um, kind of window. Because it will look different for you than, than, you know, than it does for me. And I think that's what's so fascinating about this card. And I also want you to think about how you can work pleasure more into your everyday life, which is really just a way of receiving from yourself. I want you to think about, you know, do you just go out your, go about your day thinking about the things that you need to get done or the people that you need to take care of? Or do you actually work pleasure as a priority into your life, even before your to-do list? And, you know, if not, how can you incorporate daily pleasure into your life? And I also want to invite you even more simply to just get a little more intentional about moments of pleasure, because I'm telling you that we are constantly, every single day, being invited into pleasure by our environment. And it could be fleeting, it could be super simple. Um, And that is why, by the way, if you are subscribed to my newsletter, this is why I publish a weekly gratitude list. And this is why I write a weekly gratitude list because you get into that habit of actually seeking out pleasure. I call it my things I love list. And if you get into that habit of looking for things that feel good, your brain will seek them out and therefore you will experience more of them. But you can also, once you make it intentional as opposed to just sort of like, once you're, if your mind is disconnected from your body, then something might feel good physically, but you're not like consciously in it. You know what I mean? So there's a difference between eating a piece of chocolate with total um, lack of inhibition and just total like, pleasure mode and then like quickly scarfing down a piece of chocolate because your blood sugar is low. There's a difference between downing a cup of coffee because you need to wake up and slowly sipping a deliciously perfectly fixed cappuccino, right? And that's what I'm trying to get you to think about is how can you bring like pleasure, if not ecstasy into otherwise like fleeting ordinary moments that do feel good, but we might not give them credit for how good they feel. And this could be so many things. It could be, you know, a really pleasant texture of the sweater that you're wearing against your skin maybe that feels really good but you don't give yourself permission to really sink into the awareness of how good that feels maybe you see a really hot person walk down the street and they're literally just pleasant to look at but you kind of look away because you're embarrassed rather than just literally taking them in and how beautiful and attractive they are whether it's their physicality or their vibe that you find beautiful there's so many different ways that literally our, our environment is inviting us into pleasure and we often disconnect from those invitations but I really want to invite you to lean into them this week and again with the understanding that you might not be available for like ecstatic orgasmic level pleasure this week maybe things are really tough I don't blame you they are in the world right now like obviously but at the same time we need to create some space for pleasure even if it's not going to be crazy even if we're a little too triggered or traumatized or challenged at this time in our life to be full on empress mode we do need to find some sort of of a way to caretake ourselves, especially through situations like this one. So that's what I wanted to say. I know this was kind of a shorter episode, but I feel like it was really needed and I feel really good about coming on and talking to you. And thank you so much for listening. Um, I will hopefully record another episode in a couple of weeks, so you should hear from me again very soon. Please do subscribe to my weekly newsletter. Um, Again, the link is below in the description of this episode. And I also want to say, too, that I am always open to questions. So if there's anything that you want me to talk about in the podcast, whether it has to do with tarot or magic or ritual or living with intention or astrology, like literally I am kind of like a witch that just like is a jack of all trades like I'm an astrologer I'm a tarot reader I am a um, certified crystal healer so I really do dabble in lots of different realms so I feel like I can speak to a wide array of different topics so please do send me your questions and even if I can't answer your question I might not obviously then cover it on the podcast but I can probably send you an email and direct you to someone um, either a speaker or writer or teacher that I think can actually address your concerns so please do send me your questions. I would love to hear from you and I hope that you have a fantastic shadow season. Um, Take really good care of yourself and really get your empress on. Honestly, you won't regret it. Prioritize your pleasure. It's important. I love you and I will talk to you again in a couple weeks.